Welcome, everybody, to this segment of the 15-Minute Friday. Remember, the 15-Minute Friday is usually filmed. We try to put them on YouTube. I'm trying to explain more what we do on a day-to-day business, what we invest in, businesses that we start, buy, all that good stuff, so you guys can see how we put the principles that we talk about and teach into action, because without that, I just don't think they're worth anything. So it's really important to understand why we're doing the success that we had, where we failed, and how those come about. I do have an ask of you guys, though. I am an active investor. We run our companies, all our employees, across four different states, as well as have other startups and investments. And uh, I try to spend a lot of time on great quality for you guys. If you guys could give me a good rating on iTunes or whatever you're listening to this podcast on, that would be huge because we do do this for free. I love to give you guys an inside look. I think it's really helpful. I know it helped me out. Also, if you could go over to YouTube at Cashflow to Freedom and check out our YouTube videos, those will show you some of our projects and in depth. And keep that in mind when you're listening to the audio because sometimes it may not be very great because they, these 15-minute Fridays are live. Today, we're going to talk about my insurance brokerage firm that I started, as well as my speaking event in Southern California. Let you guys know a little bit about the trends in the market, what people are seeing and wanting to hear about today. So I hope you guys like it. Please, again, if you could leave us a great review, that would be awesome. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoy this segment of 15-Minute Friday. So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here's the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody. Today's 15-Minute Friday. I'm really excited to talk about what we're doing on one side of my business because I've never really talked about this portion at all. I was actually raised by a father who did insurance, and we had a brokerage consulting firm, and that's my background. And so I was, you know, I started out in sales and I loved sales. I loved this idea of being in control of my own destiny. And it was all business to business sales. So we sold insurance to groups or they already had insurance, but we came, became their brokers to provide them with services. And that's how I got started. That's what I did right when I was in college and then after college. That helped pay my way through college, including my wife when she was, because I wasn't a very good salesperson yet. So we mostly lived off of her commission she got for waiting tables at the Chinese restaurant right next to us. But that's how I made it work. I'd go out and I would sell groups. They'd hire me as their broker. I would get paid a percentage of the commission. I'm extremely grateful for the start. It taught me two really, really valuable things that I wanna pinpoint before I talk about what I'm doing today. The first thing that it taught me is how to create revenue, how to create income. I wasn't simply being handed a check. I had to go knock doors. I had to look really dumb. And I did a lot. I really had to grow my self-worth and value in order for someone to pay me. And that correlation between what I could give to somebody and the economic return from it, that's just always stuck with me. It also established something inside of me that I can't get rid of, and that's the fact that I can create revenue. I can create 
economic expansion and progress, just like anyone. But I was dealing with my own revenue. I'd chart it out, I'd make goals. This is how much income I wanna make. This is how much revenue we're gonna bring in. And then I figured out, well, what if we just went out and bought small businesses? Because that's easier than doing it one at a time, right? So there was this control aspect I had over my income and the revenue within our business that never left me. And I loved it. So that was great. I also learned very quickly that I could not do it forever. It was a little short-lived. I was on the treadmill effect like I talk about a lot. But the second thing that I did learn is not all sales and not all income is created equally. So the second piece of income was really unique to insurance and was really important and it's something that stuck with me through all my businesses that I started up. So it was a principle that I took and I took forward. And that was this idea of residual income. So that meant when I went and I sold a client and I convinced them that my services and my products were better, right? They should go with me, pay me that commission. Then I would get paid and all that work that I did to get the client up front. I would then have a support staff help me manage that. And then I would kind of step back day to day, but the income kept coming in every single month. Every time they paid their premium, I got paid. That was residual. So if I wanted to take a month off during the summer, and grab an RV, go travel around with my family, that month all those commissions, premiums would still be paid. These were very important lessons, I think, for a young 20-year-old that was wanting to take over the world to learn. And the important thing too is they're hard lessons because selling was not easy. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a perfect example. So there's three states where the insurance companies, Blue Cross and Blue Shield are separate. There's only three of them, Idaho's one of them. So Blue Cross and Blue Shield are two separate insurance companies. I did not know this when I started out. I, you know, I knew very, very little, but I was anxious and I was out knocking doors. I go into this meeting with this company and the owner and the CFO are sitting down with me. I'm about to tell them how I'm going to save them money and how I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And the owner looks at me and he says, great, well, do you have access to Blue Cross and Blue Shield? And I looked at him and realized at that point, oh, those are two different companies. So of course my answer was yes, yes I do. But until that time, I didn't know that. So I really had to learn as I go and I had to grow a lot. I did not get that client as I'm sure you can imagine. But when I got out of the hospital, our firm had been sold then to a large national company. We'd already been doing the real estate by the time I'd gone into the hospital. And when I was in the hospital, I was originally running that firm for this big national multi-billion dollar company. They were huge and I really liked it. I, I actually really did enjoy it. I had this corporate job and there was tons of things that I hated about it and I would never be able to continue doing it, but I loved the people that I worked with. But that was over. When I was in the hospital, I didn't know if I'd even be able to walk again, so I, I couldn't go back to work. So as we sat there, I, I knew from that point on I was going to lose a huge percentage of my income. 60% paid me very well, plus bonuses, plus my sales. But it didn't matter because I had this real estate passive income, which was paying me. And over time, as I was at home and I was trying to learn how to walk and how to come back and everything, I had some ideas because this is what I did, right? And it seems like you can never get too far away from things on the insurance side. And I discussed with people and I thought, what if we could create certain insurance programs and in certain kind of industries so people could jump into? And I kept having people asking me more and more about it. So I started up another brokerage firm after being out of the hospital for a while. And it was a side thing to complement my real estate business. 
but it was to focus on technology. And that's it. That's, I mean, that's what one of the major parts that I'm doing today. So I run this brokerage firm that I started out. We have support staff as well as new producers coming on. I focus very heavily on helping HR departments out on more than just insurance. Now, I front load the work, right? Any entrepreneur knows this. You front load the work. I pay for the employee's salaries. I have to make all the sales. I have to teach them. We have to learn. I have to set up all the policies and procedures and basically do this from complete scratch except for my own historic knowledge of the business. While doing so, it was really important to me that I wouldn't get stuck back in the way that I was stuck before. So I set out very clear outlines. But today in that business, I still close all the deals. I still work with all the major sales. How I structure it is this. I have an account executive who works and manages my time. They manage the prospects as they come in. Then I go meet with the C-suite and I'll usually have one, two meetings a day. And that is segmented off for that portion. And then I can help my producers and my salespeople as they grow and set goals. This is a huge part of my day and what I do. I'm helping those people grow. I'm helping this get off the ground. So for this 15 minute Friday, take those two lessons apart, but I also wanted to let you know, I talk a lot about real estate, but I also deal on the service side and I created my business services that we provide on a cons, uh, it, I like to say consulting, but you gotta remember it's that residual income paid off insurance, so it is different. But that's a major, major portion of what we're doing. The second part is that I wanted to give you guys a little insight in. I went and I spoke in Southern California. Some of you may have seen this on my Instagram account, AJ Osborne. And there we talked a lot about automating self-storage facilities. This has been a really huge trend and it will be the future to a lot of a large extent. But I wanna make sure that there is not confusion. There's a lot of people that are going around saying there will never be self-storage managers and it will be like completely passive. You won't have to run it. The problem with that theory is a lot of these people that are saying it have never owned large storage facilities. So they're automating very small facilities. Now we have, and we're one of the first people to implement keyless technology into a self-storage facility in the United States. And we did it in a huge facility, 100 plus 30,000 square feet. It was the bankrupt Super Kmart that we've talked about two weeks ago on the 15 Minute Friday on the podcast. You can go back and listen to that one. The point is, even with it being able to be fully automated, as in, and by fully automated, let me make this very clear. You can go online, rent, access the building, your unit, and leave, check out everything without ever talking to a manager, without ever talking to an employee. So theoretically, it's completely automated. We have three full-time employees at that facility. It's ginormous. It has more access points into that building than any other one that Janus, the company, and the largest one in the self-storage industry has ever done. The complexity behind it is very, very large. So automation, yes, it can be done, but in these larger assets, the problems and things that go on day to day, I do not see there being a no employee situation. Now, with smaller assets, I think that it's almost necessary. If you have under 30,000 square feet in a storage facility and you have to hire someone to run that facility because these are very hand-on assets, that payroll will basically take away any profit that you can make. So we will get more into that, but we talked a lot about that when I was speaking in Southern California on how not just to automate, but what type of storage facility should be automated. 
And it's important that you understand that, that you understand that under 30,000 square feet, that, that income that you have to pay someone to run it is gonna basically eat up all the profit. You'll have no margin. It'll be really hard to make that work profitably. So you should really look into fully automating that facility. Okay, there's a lot to cover here. I just wanted to tell you about my consulting company, my insurance brokerage firm, and also what I spoke on down in Southern California. If you're watching this video, you can kind of see some of the facilities behind us in the pictures. This is the kind of look and feel that people go into to see. So if you're not, if you're listening to the podcast, you can always jump over to YouTube, check it out. We post those under Cashflow to Freedom on YouTube. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope this gave you more insight to what we're doing day to day. Please email me, let me know questions, and I'm happy to answer. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number two freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.